Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe that? Does anybody here believe that? We are from Arkansas, no. <laughs> So it's episode 54, and if we're going spouses in order, this is the Derek episode. Mm. So me- very, uh, our favorite messy bitch. Yeah, very much in the limelight. We love a messy boots, you know? I don't even care. Like, we love a messy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So I don't know if I would call this orders of business because it's not like super podcast related, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to say. I have been trying very hard not to talk about the heat here specifically <laughs> because I don't want every week everybody to be like, yep, and I'm still miserable. I mean, what's mm-hmm. there, what's changing? Still miserable, right? Yeah. But I find it interesting because in this past week, so many listeners have reached out from all Fellow over the world. Diggers. Yes. All over the world. Norway, Australia, Germany, just being like... Oh my God, they're talking about you in our news. How are you guys doing? And I'm like, man, we're fucking making the news. But that's how bad it is that we're fucking making the news. It's awful. Across the world about our mm-hmm. fucking heat wave that's killing us all. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. Or people like sending us videos of like the frying the egg or the baking the cake or making mm-hmm. cookies. And like I told a couple people, I was like, oh yeah, we did this when I was a kid. And yeah. they're like, oh my God, it's real. They're like, mm-hmm. I thought it was like a social media thing. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. When when we were kids, yeah, I mean, Arizona's hot. Always been hot. Not this hot. Yeah. This is like climate this is change. A different story. This is climate change at its finest. But like, I feel like when we were kids, it was like 105, 107. You had a random day that was one spiked really high day. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just remember the averages being much lower. <laughs> yeah. Now we're rolling 115, 116, 117, 118, day after day after day. Yeah. I feel like I have very distinct memories of being in high school and like when it got to like 110, it was like a notable time. Now we've been uh, over 110 for how many days now? Like Uh, the last time I saw was 15 and that was last week. Yeah. Like. So it's very different. But even when I was a kid at those lower temperatures, a couple times with like the neighborhood kids, we did the whole bake the cookies thing. But it's like people (laughs) are baking full fucking cakes now and like. (laughs) It's frying not good. An, frying an egg faster than you Oof. can fry it on the stove. Yeah. So I just think it's funny that it's like we talk about it, but then I think people are like, oh, my God, it's very real because they're seeing it on their news. Yeah. I go with the Bobby Hill, uh, Phoenix isn't a city. It's a testament to man's arrogance. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it really like it sucks the life out of you in a way that I can't like describe. Mm hmm. 
like there's no motivation you're like you're depressed um you're irritable you're anxious like i've literally been in store like i okay first of all i avoid the store like a the fucking plug mm-hmm. i've literally been hanging blankets over our few windows that don't have like our front door has like very cool vintage bottle glass that i'll never like cover but <laughs> i've been like hanging blankets because i'm like i want a fucking cave i literally have gone days not leaving my house but when i have people are getting crazy like i think it affects like it oh, makes it, you nuts it totally does yeah and i just feel like i'm living each day like in a countdown like, I feel like I'm just like, okay, and we're at, like, this is the day. Okay, when do we think it might get? But, like, I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm literally just trying. That You're, you're going to think this sounds dramatic, but I feel like I'm really just trying to get through each day. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. And I have a friend that she doesn't check the weather, and I wish I could be like that. <laughs> She's just like, I just know it's hot. But I'm like, I wish I could do that, but I feel like I'm always looking for the glimmer of hope. Like, oh, like... When it's 114 instead of 117, I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> but then I'm like, no, this still sucks. Like, <laughs> It's 155 and humid on the line that I work on. So it sucks driving. But the second I get close to work, I don't even think about because I'm like, oh, 118, whatever. Yeah. Like I'm going into a shittier environment. Yeah, so it's what just do about I... to get worse. Like, like we always make the joke that like you drive to these little oasis oases of like where air conditioning is yes but i'm not not like that but it's not but but seriously tim i don't even feel like it's the same anymore i remember being a kid and us escaping to public places to get Mm -hmm. like good ac so it's like when i was younger my mom would take us to the mall or it was like you just felt like if you went somewhere in public we're going places and i'm like i'm still sweating we were at a restaurant and i i'm not saying i was like dripping sweat but tim and i went to a uh, out to eat last friday or whatever mm-hmm. and i was like i'm not cool enough <laughs> or like we even went to the movies and i wasn't sweating but i'm like i wanted to be freezing like i feel like when i go to the movies like people are like it was so cold and i'm like i wanted to come out freezing and it's not it's not like that like escaping to those public places with ac mm-hmm. aren't even an option anymore because an air conditioning can't even keep up with this yeah that's the worst part we went bowling like we had talked about we went bowling and we weren't in a lane that was like by like a register, like an air register. And it was hard because I was like, it's kind of hot in here. And I'm like, can, I'm like, oh my God, can we handpick our lane next time? Right. And like, yes, you're moving because like you're, but it's like the lightest movement when it's this hot, even with AC. I think that's what people don't understand. They think, oh, you just have air conditioning. It's movement in air conditioning. <laughs> like, you I have wanted to, be to put my totally face in still. front of the hand dryer at the bowling alley. Is like the point that I hit a couple times. Hand dryer's hot though. It's it's air movement. I just I feel like this kind of heat like literally fries your brain. Mm-hmm. Like I've been like I said, leaving the house as little as possible. Normally I go picking a lot more for my vintage. I I've not even like hardly been picking lately. Mm-mm. I was out trying to get everything done in one day a couple <laughs> days ago right i'm like i'm leaving this house fucking once this week right mm-hmm. i got home after being gone for three hours my fucking shirt was inside out i blame the heat <laughs> okay did i tell you about how the mailman saw me in my underwear no i don't even get that <laughs> the fuck so i've been wearing a swimsuit around the house 
And if I'm not wearing a swimsuit, I wear my underwear, full coverage underwear, by the way. It's not like I'm walking around in a G-string. Full coverage underwear and like a big t-shirt. Still I, mad. I, um, I thought wrong. Every time, you know, this theme of my life, every time I think something I is not going to be a big deal, surprise, it's a big deal. <laughs> I got stuff delivered on our doorstep that was kind of pushed a little bit further out. And I'm in my t-shirt and my underwear. And I'm like, I can just, who's going to see me? Like we kind of have a little coverage in this, like the way our garage is and our trailer, like you'd have to be going directly in front of our house. Like, you know mm. what I mean? I'm like, I got a little, and it's not like I'm like in, like I said, in a fucking G string, I'm in a t-shirt and underwear, but I'm like, it's, you know, it was when all of our furniture, like the, the parts for the bed came Yeah. or like whatever, but I was pulling in a couple other things and, um, all of a sudden, oh no, no, that's not what it was. I was bringing in the kitty litter. So it's like 40 pounds of kitty litter. <laughs> And some other stuff. And and I'm trying to like drag it into the house. And as I'm doing it, the mailman pulls up right to our house. The same one that we left the card and cookies for. Chad. He pulls up right in front of our house while I'm standing there in my fucking underwear. I blame the heat. Bad decision making. <laughs> I wouldn't be in my underwear if it wasn't the heat. I guarantee you that's not the worst thing he's ever seen on his room. But it was embarrassing. And then to make my items like worse, so I'm trying to like drag it into the house and get in, like kick the door closed. We had a dead bird on our fucking doorstep, mm-hmm. like on our mat. I think Ron may have brought it. Or we'll talk about Ron some other time. Oh, um, I think Ron. it may. I just think it's too weird to randomly have a bird on your mat. I don't know. It's real hot outside. But on the mat, we're under a little alcove. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Ron brought an offering, but, um, yeah. So then I was like, okay, I just had this embarrassment. He just saw me in my fucking underwear. He was delivering something to our front door. So then after he <laughs> saw me in the underwear, he comes to our front door and there's a fucking dead bird. <laughs> Horrified. Oh man. Way to embarrass us in front of our mailman. Yep. I was going to try to end this on a positive note and tell you some positive things of how I'm coping with the heat, but should I save this for the end of the episode since I talked about me and my underwear for too long? (laughs) Yeah, let's wait till the end. Okay, so if you want to hear some positives, because I'm bitching about the heat, how I'm coping with the heat and its uh, depression, stay tuned for the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Talked way too long about the mailman in my underwear. I do want to have one lead in before we actually start. Yes. Obviously, we now do buy me a coffee. Or buy us a pickle if uh, you want to buy us a pickle one time. We have a monthly membership that helps us support a lot of things that are podcast related. The five books that showed up to our house the other day because (laughs) I'm always buying materials. The stack of legal notepads that Whitney blows through, you know. Yes. Um, So first of all, if you are, if you do have a servant's heart, which is how we described it, thank you very much. We appreciate it a lot. I feel like a lot of the comments have... um, put a lot of dopamine into my system which makes me feel good so thank you for your support uh we post usually about once a week ish we post Uh, not quite but uh that's why i said ish (laughs) that's the point of ish um we do um kind of a bonus episode uh um, we've Throwing different names around. I called it a mini dig for a while, but some of them get a little more personal. There's more information there. And I did one on my complicated relationship with my father. And I got a lot of comments that were very supportive because the theme of it all was that as we grow older, relationships get more complicated. Yeah. 
Um, and it was nice to hear kind of some people that were supportive of that because it is something that I'm actually, you know, really, really sensitive about. So it was kind of nice to be able to put those things out. And it, they're actually really funny. So that's <laughs> yeah. the other thing is it's not – I mo- there is so many people that have such more – traumatic relationship things than I do so I'm not saying that's the case but like I am kind of sensitive about it so um but at least there's a funny story to tell <laughs> right. through it so and more to come we have so many oh, banked up we man. could tell some forever we <laughs> so, have lots of content when it comes to yeah parental relationships yeah. on so both if, ends mm-hmm. so if if you uh want to get a hot culinary tip at the end of this last, or in this past, like, mini dig. Join us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we'll, we'll come back to the positives at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, today, the actual recap is, the episode is called, Duggar Say Yes to the Dress. Ooh, little cross-branding yeah, with TLC. Right? And it premiered September 29th of 2009. So the episode starts with the family all gathered for Bible study in the boys' room, kind of like we've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. And once again, it's just a little odd because everyone else is still dressed in their, like, regular day clothes. Mm -hmm. And Lego is the only one rocking PJ pants and, like, a sleep (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. Like, he's wearing, like, one of those free t-shirts you get at something. Or, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) It feels like they caught him off guard. (laughs) Um, it's giving strong, like, I'm going right to bed after this, and, like, the rest of you still have things to do. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, the women are still, because they still have to get the children to bed. Well, like, yeah. It, it just very much gives a vibe of, like, this is over, and, like, he's going to bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. His part's done. <laughs> exactly. So, Lego once again brings up that their anniversary is coming up, and asks Cannon what she would like to do for their anniversary. Which I thought it was Weight Watchers. I mean, I guess... That meeting wasn't quite enough, I you know, I guess, because Man. she says, um, well, I thought it would be kind of neat if we did, like, our wedding vows again so that everybody could kind of see how it happened. Then you guys will get to see it reenacted just like the day we got married. <laughs> of course, we look a little different than we did 25 years ago. Good point. Is this the where they showed the picture of them when they got married? Yeah. She looks, Joy looks so, so much like her. There's as- little, you know, it's funny because you see the kids in just like very specific pictures yeah. of like them. Mm-hmm. Like there's certain pictures of Michelle where like you haven't even met this kid yet. That's where we're at. But there's certain <laughs> pictures of Michelle where you're like, oh my God, that's Josie. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like it's funny and very specific, but at different times. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. Does it like? I feel like a lot of times Jana doesn't look like the rest of them. It's true. But then yeah. you see like young Lego hair, and you're like, "Oh shit, there she is!" Like, I guess I have to pay attention because I guess I've never connected that. There's, there's ri- little bits of like jowl and jaw that you're like, "That is Jana to a D." There are times that like I see Ginger and Michelle, and like like I said, Josie. But yeah. So now it cuts to them at the First Baptist Church of Springdale. And this was very clearly filmed the same day as they were filming, um, you know, the dinner of canned tomatoes and then the night out at Weight Watchers for their anniversary. Yeah. Because Jana is with them and they're wearing the same clothes. Mm -hmm. So we get a cell phone belt clip. Yes, we do. 
and spoiler alert, there's one scene in this in this episode where it is like rapid fire bingo squares. See, Tim said that to me and I don't know if I remember rapid fire. It could be because I didn't catch them or it could be because it takes me so long to write my notes versus literally Tim was watching it the other night. I walked in the room and I'm like, you're here already. And he's like, it's three minutes in. It's three minutes. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I had been writing notes for so long by then that I was like, you're there already. So when you say rapid fire for me, it's like it could be 20 minutes apart. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> letting you know how the sausage is made. Part of it, too, is that Whitney's writing the recap stuff. So she's writing like everything of what's going on in scene every by scene. scene, every quote like that I want to say. But I'm just here for comic relief. So I I write my notes and my observations. The bingo squares, uh, two time bingo winner by the way, and uh, and some funny stuff. So you have a lot more to do than I do. I just thought it was so funny. On that part. Oh, I remember. That's what it was. Um, I kept telling Tim before he even watched it. I'm like, I felt like this episode went on forever. And then it was still the only like the 21 minutes. But I'm like, for me, it felt like it dragged on. So that's why it was just so funny that I was just like, oh, my God, how are you there already? And he's like, it's three minutes. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Anyways. So they're walking into the church and Lego says, this is it, Jana. This is where we got married right here. And they're kind of walking around while Lego describes how it was set up. Mm-hmm. There's now a counter in the spot that they got married so lego stands on one side of the counter and cannons on the other side and he says and then they said you may kiss the bride like like janna doesn't know what happens at weddings <laughs> uh so we get a tight lip lock mm-hmm. let me where's my marker you could also kind of adoring gaze all of this because there's a lot of that and i i even made a comment that like you know, going back to a place where, like, your, you know, your parents got married or something, you know, that was involved in there is, it happens, and you're like, okay, but there was a handful of things where it's like Jan is just kind of standing there where while her parents make out, pretty much, and by make out, um, there's no tongue, but think we're we're thankful, <laughs> it's still very tight lipped, but yeah. it's just over and over. So are we counting adoring gaze during this time? Or I'll not? allow it, I guess. I, I have a feeling you're going to get a fucking bingo, but I guess I'll allow Put it. it. On, I mean, you get the space, too. All right, whatever. Okay. Put adoring gaze on We know there. how it pans out here. I do the work. You get the bingos. Um. So, you know, they do this. So it's the whole, you may kiss the bride and with their little lip lock. And Michelle says, we remember that part. And then it just gets cringier. Because he starts to crawl over the counter. And Cannon's like, oh, don't jump over. And, like, she's laughing. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, like, crawls over like a fucking doofus. And he kisses her again. Yep. We get it. Making out. We get it. He was totally macking over here. Oh, yeah. Macking <laughs> on Michelle. <laughs> so, so funny. Um, So I'm going to give you the play-by-play. Or... The pray by pray the as pray by Tim pray. has coined, because it's it's just it's just it's just yeah. So he says, um, he says thank you after that tight lip lock, and he's kind of you know, adoringly, adoringly uh, gazing at her now, mm-hmm. and she says, ah, I'd marry you again, <laughs> and he says we've been together twenty five years. Will you stick with me another 25 years? And she says, um, way too fast, mind you. 
she says, I'd love to. But I'm like, oh, Michelle, give it a beat, you know? Like, <laughs> think about it for a second, honey. Uh, but, man. you know, she's all in, I guess. <laughs> so Lego says that they should do the renewal right there in the same spot. Mm-hmm. And Jana in the background kind of chimes in. You can hear her say that they should. And Cannon seems pretty genuinely surprised by that idea and very into it. Okay. I just don't think she's that great of an actress for for this to have been, like, for this reaction to have not been genuine. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that this was pre-discussed. I think that they probably showed up imagining that they would just use the auditorium. And then when okay. he was like, oh, let's just do right here. Like, she seemed genuinely like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's a great idea. <laughs> I don't know. So, IBLP does promote, you know, the the wives of this family to... Be on board with everything. Which so. is true, but there was still something going off in me that made me think it was genuine. It's because the way she kept going, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? She okay. didn't. Ju- she okay. wasn't just enthusiastic. You could see her, like, mulling it over in her mm-hmm. brain and being like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good idea, you know? Right. Um, so she said it would be so neat to do it there, and she wonders if that's available. And Jana's like, yeah, well, it probably is, or, you know. Mm. So next we see Canon. They're back at home now. And she's calling the pastor who married them 25 years ago, Brother Palmer, yep. to see if he's available to come officiate for the game. And um, he says yes. And apparently they were going to New York to be guests on the Mike Huckabee show. <laughs> so there goes those same names we hear over mm-hmm. and over and over again. So I uh, guess he must have needed Lego's help. Raging against that democratic machine again. Well, yeah. You know, so. So since they're in New York, they've also been invited now to Kleinfeld's to look at a dress for Michelle for the renewal. Mm -hmm. Clearly a great opportunity for TLC to cross promote Mm -hmm. for Say Yes to the Dress. Much like how they got that cake um, from From Buddy. From Cake Boss. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. For Josh and Anna on the Today Show. So just an opportunity. She did say that she didn't have, or when they first got married, she wore her mother-in-law's dress. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, it was like she had this and it was her own and it was, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's an heirloom. Yeah. So they're piling out of a van in front of the dress shop and Lego says, we just arrived at Kleinfeld's. We're going to look for a wedding dress to celebrate 25 years of marriage. And we hear this is the best place to buy a dress in the world. So Lego's really killing it with that cross promotion game. Oh, yeah. You know, he's killing the game. Hashtag live that TLC brand. Mm -hmm. Live the brand. When they get inside, there's a funny little moment with James Ebug. Or James Ebug. There you go. He says, we're here to get a wedding dress for my mom. I don't know why. I don't know why. And his face is hilarious. (laughs) It's it's not even the inhale. It's like on the exhale. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I don't know why. And it's like this exhale of like, <laughs> oh, yeah. who the well, fuck Well, if you knows? think like, especially with those lost boys, like. I don't know what they, the fuck's going on. No, they're at this point, their lives were probably a lot of like a weird fever dream of them, like going from weird sponsored event to sponsored event. Exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they can't even connect the real. dots. They're, they're little. They're not connecting those dots. Yeah, and let's be real. At that age, like you know, what you want to do be riding your bike at home. Like there's, yeah, you know. And then it's like, no, you're gonna 
go to Dollywood and meet Dolly Parton. And they're like, great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Joy says the lady at the front desk told her that there's over 2,000 dresses in the shop. And she looks like very shocked by this. Mm-hmm. And as they're filming their own show, they're also filming for Say Yes to the Dress. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of cameras and crew around. And um, go figure. Groundbreaking news. A bridal store environment is not exactly conducive to a pack of Duggar kids. Correct. So they're, you know, kind of bored and running around doing little tumbles. And mm-hmm. it's chaotic to see, say, like, the very least. And I'm sure the other patrons were thrilled (laughs) and hoping that this bitch says yes to the dress ASAP. Quickly, please. Yes, very quickly. Cannon's first dress that she comes out in is not great. (laughs) It's just so super obvious where it has been modified. That's such a good term. The fabric just doesn't like look right at all. Like it's just mm-hmm. very obvious. It's like it took a dress and it's like you just added this. It's just not good. And the camera pans to Anna and she very clearly thinks it's ugly. But her face instead of is sort of doing that kind of like deep frown face. <laughs> but where you kind of like nod your head like, okay, okay. You know, like or whatever because you're trying, you're trying to have somewhat be polite and have manners but she fucking hates it let's she be was real. unimpressed yes so lego of course has to kiss her when she comes out of the dress uh in the dress oh god i said out of the dress oh my god <laughs> please no <laughs> when she comes out in the dress and it's again it's, we get it it's like why do you have to kiss her every <laughs> every fucking time. time like christ this almighty. man kisses over here yeah oh, look at him <laughs> big guy out here <laughs> But Cannon says that she's looking for something with less lace. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, Jim Bob has to throw in his couple pennies. <laughs> and he says to the consultant, I think maybe I'd like to get a, a maybe more modern dress for her. I mean, they're they're so very clearly obsessed <laughs> with calling their style modern, right? You know, like... Delu- We're totally normal. Yes. Delusion party of fucking 20. Like, they all <laughs> think that they're modern here. Um, he says, maybe with brighter white, maybe not as much lace, and, you know, still modest. <laughs> this is where I want to hear, like, modern with, like, a question mark. You know? <laughs> right. Modest modern. <laughs> um, but not maybe quite that style. And the consultant is like, okay, so a different feeling. And he says, I think it should be something with, like, even puffy sleeves. I mean, and this is where I'm like, does he think he's a cut up? Because, you know, Michelle t- says that he is. I'm like, does right. he think he's being funny here? Like, I'm trying to, like, vibe it. You can't tell whether yeah. he's doing that jokingly or not. Like, though, at yeah. first, I really did think it was a joke. Mm-hmm. And then the lady is like, puffy sleeves. You couldn't find puffy sleeves. And he <laughs> says, I like them. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> I-, I propose we get a Pescon Pest Square. What do you Agree think? Agree okay. 100%. There's also a ginger face in this part. Oh, I missed a ginger face. What, and what if it where... was her, she came out in one of the dresses and it was, I think they were overdubbing um, Lego over, talking like... about talking about puffy sleeves. And I think they put that over her showing ginger face. Okay, so, so I'll go with it. I don't remember, but I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. But in the Pescon Pest uh, situation, it's because he says... <laughs> We were looking over here at the at the white, like you had like 
a like we saw that was that was just white. Do you guys have anything in stock like that? Smooth delivery, my man. I have, I have a couple things to unpack here. Number one, um, we have this fucking belt clip wearing buffoon. They, both of these fucking belt <laughs> clip wearing buffoons that think they know what looks good, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, I just love him asking if the bridal shop has any white dresses in stock. You know? He was trying to make a joke, but his delivery Did was you think awkward. Was a, I didn't take it as a joke at all. Oh, I think he was trying to be funny. Oh, no. I See, we take that very differently. I, I think he's like, being fucking serious. See, I feel like he was trying to make a comment in there, and he was trying to be the funny man, and I don't think it came out smooth or his delivery was well or like nothing was executed well okay so we both took we both picked up different vibes i took it as just like do you like have one like this one up here that's like white see and i still agree that it was a pest going pest moment but it was a pest going pest because he was trying to be funny either way we we get the square (laughs) but when he when he's just like um do you have any like white dresses and stuff do you know what that reminded me of can you Do you have like a mustard yeah or yes or like a ranch So Tim's dad, when you go to a restaurant, he likes to ask like the waitress, "Do you have like a like a like a like a ranch?" You mean ranch? Yeah. Every <laughs> restaurant, most restaurants have a ranch, and I can guarantee you that all the restaurants that my parents go to have, have ranch. ranch. They, they they're very chainy, so it's gonna have ranch. Yeah. When you go to uh, Red Robin in Village Red Robin, Inn, yeah, I think they have ranch. No, but, but it's, it's always it's... like like a like a like a ranch. Like inside scoop into some of the the mini digs that we give you as a a member with the servant's heart of uh, buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the dug. He is he is really plugging this week. Yep, but that is one of the stories that'll probably come up is the fact that um, my my dad can be frustrating to go eat with, especially because I work in the industry. But yeah, so he'll order like. A crispy chicken salad, right? It's a truck stop salad with chicken tenders on it that are cut up. Delicious. But then they'll be like, what kind of dressing would you like? And he'll be like, well, you know, do you have do you have like some sort of like mustard or like a honey mustard? And they're like, honey yes, mustard. so you want honey mustard? Exactly. <laughs> like a ranch, some sort of mustard, you know, like honey, so honey mustard. <laughs> but that's what the whole, do you have like a white... White, like a, yep. white dress. That's I, exactly I wrote what that it. exact same thing down. Yeah, yep. me too. So funny. Um, and the consultant says um, puffy sleeves and does that sort of like ex nay motion of the cutting the throat thing <laughs> or like whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Lego, Lego says, those are beautiful. <laughs> I really wish you would have done the the uh, Uncle Uncle Joey cut it out. Because that's Cut how it out. <laughs> that's how it felt. Yep. In a talking head, Cannon says, "My girls were about to pass out. They were going, oh, Dad, you just can't do a puff sleeve on a dress. No, that just wouldn't be right." Oh my goodness. And then we get Anna saying, "I think the hardest thing is not going to be finding something she likes, but finding a modest wedding dress because if you try to get one that's high-necked with sleeves, it's very difficult." So what she's saying is this is a store full of slutty dresses. 
And then Jessa says, I saw their modest dresses and they weren't... Pause. (laughs) They weren't quite as modest as my mom was planning on having. (laughs) But, you know, they don't judge anybody, uh, which we're getting to. Um, And as Jessa is saying this, they're showing another bride to be, like, trying on dresses in the background. Slutty. And it's censored. Like Slutty. black, uh, big black box over mm-hmm. her that says "not modest." Yep. <laughs> so they're definitely shaming, throwing shade at this woman for mm-hmm. slutty dress. Yep. Then they ask Anna on a scale of one to ten, how modest is the dress behind you? I actually really enjoyed this because they were asking a lot of the girls. Yeah. Um, and I loved all of the answers. Yep. So Anna replies. I've seen others in the store that I would put it closer to zero, but yeah, in between a, a five and a zero. And she gets kind of like twitchy eye while she yeah. says it. <laughs> like, yeah. She's kind of like squinting her eye and like kind of like closing one. It's like a little twitchy. <laughs> like she's like thinking and yeah. And then they ask the same question to Jill and it's funny. Mm. Um, it's because they say they're asking like, you know what? You know, scale one to ten, the dress behind you, and she turns and she goes, "It's a mannequin." And she says, "Oh, that one? Is that a dress?" And she laughs, and they do too. And she says, "Just kidding," because it was like a corset. <laughs> yeah, like. it was like it was like the kind of dress that's like the sweetheart neckline, and then like the boning with like lace. So mm. your torso is very much just like covered in boning and lace. And she's like, "That one." Is that a dress? I feel like <laughs> this kidding. is Jill's dweeb showing. I feel like that's but a bonus the, in the best kind of way. Oh yeah, I think we very thoroughly explained the fact that we find Jill's dweeb very endearing. It's entertaining. Like you know, can you imagine if there was like it's provided entertainment? <laughs> Nobody else is providing that much besides Johanna. You yep. know, there is one talking head in this part, right before this part, with uh, Baby Cannon. And she says that, you know, there's, she wants to draw attention to her face. Yes. And we've talked about this, the countenance. But as a lifelong Audrey Hepburn fan, all I could think of was from My Fair Lady where he sings, I've grown accustomed to her face. So for the rest of the evening, I was singing, she draws attention to her face. So (laughs) They should have been playing that in the background. Exactly. That would have been good. Good movie. Yep. So yeah, so where were we at? Oh, um, her dweebiness is the comedic chops of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, right up there with the you get more for your money. You know, her <laughs> dweebiness is really like the chops, you yeah. know? Okay, so then in a talking head, Cannon says, my girls, you know, they have convictions and they have things that they feel strongly about in their own lives. But at the same time, they don't cast judgment on others. Sure. I'm glad. <laughs> sure, Michelle. <laughs> I put eye roll in this part. I'm like, yeah, IBLP is not about judgment at all. It's like last week. All these things about fat people, but don't ever judge them for being overweight. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Uh. So now Cannon comes out in another dress. And if possible, it's worse than the first one. (laughs) It's truly fucking terrible. And um, if my descriptor wasn't enough... Jim Bob likes this one better. So if you didn't believe me, I think this tells you everything you need to know about the state of this dress. Oh, man. He thinks it's more modern. 
And they keep you. This needs to be the Inigo Montoya. You keep using that word, but I don't think you know understand yeah, what it means. For real, like, yeah. And he likes the style, and he says it's heading in the right direction. <laughs> um, I feel like the style consultant that was with them was starting to get really annoyed. Yeah. In her response to him saying this, yes, which we'll get to. I got one more thing before that, but. Um, the dress itself, it's really terrible because it's very clearly a fully off-the-shoulder dress. Mm-hmm. We're not even, like, the first one is at least was had, like, sleeves up, mm-hmm. you know, to, like, the shoulder. And they were just yeah. covering, like, the the chest. Right. This one is very clearly an off-the-shoulder dress that has a panel added. So think of how stupid it looks when you have an <laughs> off-the-shoulder that's pretty much going straight across your chest. And then you just add, like, a mountain of fabric on top of it. Um, it... You're just taking it so far from one extreme to the other mm-hmm. that it just you. I don't know how you can expect that to work. <laughs> it's like you can't modify or modify, as I said earlier. Um, you can't do that to an off-the-shoulder dress. Yeah, it's just way yeah. too much. Like it won't work. It, way too much of an edit. <laughs> it it kind of it's like Sister Wives when I talked about them wearing like the shirts under like their some of their like blouses, where I'm like. You know, at a certain every once in a while it can work, okay. But f- there's so many times where I'm like, just find, just pick just another find blouse. something that actually is, yeah. And that's how I feel about these dresses. I'm like, just find one that is more yeah. inherently modest. Yeah, you're you're too trying many, so hard. Too many mods just comes off like, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> so this is what Tim is talking about. With seems like she's getting a little annoyed mm-hmm. because she's she asks just headed in the right direction or in the right direction and everyone even like you can hear the voices of it sounds like jill mm-hmm. or you know and everyone and they all say headed <laughs> and i'm pretty sure she wanted to like shoot herself at that moment yeah she was just like oh great here we go <laughs> and um i'm going to read this this next part the full statement from michelle she says took a few times to find what we were happy with And I think finally the children, through the consensus of dad and Josh and some of the others really getting in there and making some, you know, statements about what they were thinking, helped to finally narrow it down. I just want to point out, notice that we were happy with. Mm -hmm. And then the emphasis on statements from boob and pest. Yep. Never mentions herself. Or her, like, older teenage daughters or somebody who would have, an, like, a salient opinion. Yeah, I think she's kind of lumping them in there with, like, some of the others. But the emphasis is on boob, pest, and zero mention of her. Mm-hmm. So. I just don't, like, when we got married, like, I, my opinion of your dress, of, like, making a decision of it... Didn't matter. No, I would like, never even ask was... you. <laughs> Damn. Um, it's what I want to wear. It's my standard. No, it's my fucking dress. I'm going to wear what exactly. I want to wear. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to like butt in with my opinion and the fact that she like put that as like the two like top things is wild to me. Yeah. I feel like you, if I'm happy in what I'm wearing, you should be too. That's how it is, you know? Uh, Yeah. Wow, really selling it. <laughs> so now we see them back at Legoland, mm-hmm. and they're playing the violin badly, might Oof, I add. Rough. 
And Justice says that they're working on new pieces because they get asked to play a lot and they're tired of playing the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. We're tired of hearing them. <laughs> um, also, could you pick up some new songs besides Amazing Grace? That'd be great. <laughs> so Ginger says to the cameraman, uh, should have brought your earplugs. I need earplugs. <laughs> She's ex- very expressive in that. Yeah. And we see them you know, starting to make preparations for the ceremony for the vow renewal and canon is going like over the order of things that are going to happen and a timeline with lego Mm -hmm. and lego chimes in with how he thinks that it should go timeline wise and you really get a feel for why duggar time is a thing yep so do you agree with the duggar time 100 even though they're not actually showing up to something late i still felt like it was like Dugger time. It was startling. It was startling to see, like, are you that out of touch that you think that this timeline works? Yeah. Like, for a large event. Yes, that's as, ex- if with they had a million people. If they had two kids, that would be a, a good a timeline. Crunch. But you, it's a cr- so everything is very tightly scheduled mm-hmm. with no buffer room at all. No. And it would be all. a tight schedule in my opinion in my opinion for anyone. Uh-huh. Just because I like to leave padding. You know, especially when you work in catering and shit like that. It's like you're always like padding a little bit for like waiting for like the fucking shit to go down, you know? Yeah. So for anyone, I feel like it's cutting it close. But then you factor in 20 fucking plus fucking people into the mix, three quarters of which are fucking children. <laughs> it's not fucking happening. Yeah. Because he's talking like, we're going to eat lunch at home. And then at 1230, we're going to get there. And then we're going to take pictures. And then they're going to put on the clothes. And then we're going to put on their, um, they're going to take pictures. And then we're going to, oh, no, we're going to do the practice. And then a half an hour later, they're taking pictures. And then like it starts right after. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. You're on crack. Yeah. If you think that you're going to get everybody together for pictures and and do all of the mm-hmm. like the practice run through in one hour. Yeah. Right before everybody show, you're on crack. And the fact that they, it's not like they've been rehearsing this at home and then being like, okay, let's go and see where it's going. To. No, his idea was that they're going to get there and start half an hour before they got to do some shit. It's insane. And Canon is just like, okay. Oh yeah, you can this, tell like, that she's like, do like, I disagree with him or do I not? But she kind of like does the like the look up, like she's thinking. And then she just says okay and starts like writing. And I'm like, oh, that's honey, probably this a is microcosm of her of life. her life. Yeah, I'm like, this is why. Yeah, we just watched Duggar time happen. Like <laughs> the thought, you know, it's like you're always like, oh, you're just like a really like late asshole. But now you're like, oh no, no, he thinks he's doing it right. Yeah. Like he thinks it's working. Mm-hmm. It, when has it worked? When do you learn? Man. All right. So um, then they're they're also using a lot of stuff that's left over from Josh and Anna's wedding to save money, like her bouquet and things like that. So you just kind of see them going through all of the stuff from their from their wedding. Does that count as buy you save the difference? It won't give me a bingo. I'm just asking. I I, I didn't put it because they're not like buying. Okay. But I mean, maybe. Do you want to? No. Okay. Not anymore. Okay. If it doesn't serve you, you don't want it. So the dress arrives at the house in a big box at the front door. And all the like really little kids are kind of gathering around it. <laughs> and one of them is even, st- he has like a tire pump. And he's like, it's sticking, for a basketball. Yeah. Like, you know, like the little needle. He's like sticking in the corner of the box. Like, it's just and, funny like, to yeah. watch these like little kids like doing the shit. 
And I cracked up because Johanna, who has her backpack on again, she fucking loves this backpack. And so Johanna, she kind of like opens the door and yells into the house, house and she's like, Mom, there's a box here. <laughs> and it makes me think of our nephew. Mm-hmm. We call him Bop. Bop, Bop, or Bop. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, he's probably, what, three? We were having, we were mm-hmm. hosting Christmas at our house. And so at that age, it's like he's really into the ripping of, like, opening presents, but the mm-hmm. ripping of the paper. But it's that little kid thing where he thinks that he rips off the paper and whatever is there is the gift. Mm-hmm. So we have this hilarious video of him ripping off the paper and he just, like, announces to the room, Box! <laughs> Ready? Box here! Box here. Oh, yeah. He was so, like, <laughs> pumped about it, too. Yeah. Yep. Box here! <laughs> so when she said, Mom, there's a box here, all I could hear was little bop and box here. Box here, yep. yep. So I feel like that's an R girl, Johanna. Yeah. We got some good bingo spots this time. We did. We got a lot. I don't think I get a bingo, though. So um, there's a cute moment of Johanna, you know, like I said, back to rocking that pink backpack like she did. <laughs> Uh, but this week, she's also sporting a helmet as she marches around the house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's accessorizing. <laughs> Queen of accessories. She had, like, cool boots last week and then mm-hmm. the backpack. Now she's got a fucking helmet. Yep. Accessory queen. We also get a, to witness another feral child moment. Yeah. Like, there's feral child in the wild. in this little scene. Because Jackson has clearly, like, dropped a bowl of dry cereal, like Cheerios or something. And now he's just sitting on the floor, eating the cereal off of the floor. Mm-hmm. But as he's doing it, <laughs> he has the filthiest feet. Camera is like zeroed in on it. <laughs> he's even got crunched up cereal stuck to it. Yeah, it's rough. And at one point, he even like blow spits some of the cereal onto the floor. <laughs> Did you say that? Yeah. Like, yeah, he was just, it's like the. Like, almost like you'd be, like, like you were, like, a sunflower seed shell or something. Like, he's, like, <laughs> spitting cereal onto the floor. Yeah. Fully feral, very lost boy status. It was crazy. It really, you hit it on the head. It really was feral child moment. So, now they're actually opening up Michelle's dress. And, first of all, I thought that they would save that maybe, like, for a reveal mm-hmm. in the next episode. But they fully open it. Yep. And I got to say, it's a whole hell of a lot better than any of the ones we saw her try on. <laughs> so I'll give her that. It's much better. And like while the older Doug girls and Cannon are looking at all the detail of the dress, our girl Johanna climbs up on the back of Soundman Jim mm-hmm. and onto his shoulders. So she's, you know, she might have a new bestie. Yeah. What was the other guy? Sean was that? The producer. Was it Sean? Yeah. Um. I think he has some competition, so yeah. it seems that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he lets her sit on his shoulders and kind of hold the boom, mm-hmm. and she's having a lot of fun. And then Jackson is showing all the laundry baskets of supplies for the renewal because <laughs> they're just laid across like the counter. Yep. And he's like, this is for my mom, and that's my mom's, and that's my mom's, and, that's my, and this is hers too. <laughs> and they ask him what it's for, and he says... I'm not sure. I think it's for a baby shower, but I'm not sure what it's for. But that's a pretty decent guess in that yeah. world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, 
besides their own family, I'm sure, like, all the other family, you know, like, Baby Shower is a pretty educated, you know, well-educated guest. This young man has seen more Baby Showers than I have probably seen ever. Yes, exactly. So next we see them practicing violin again, and Jessa says, Today is the day before the vow removal, and we got a lot going on. It's a full schedule. And Scott is like, I, I think you said vow removal. Yeah. And she's like, I said renewal. I know I said renewal. Go to and the then, tape. Yeah. They call bullshit, and they do like an instant replay. And she's like, oh, it's kind of funny. Like, mm-hmm. it's a funny thing from Jessa. It's like the most like, and she's like, oh, I haven't got very much sleep. <laughs> and what did you think during this part? Because I thought. Well, when Jessa needs to be parenting, cleaning, organizing, practicing, rehearsing, of course she's tired. And then with the fucking wedding, like, you know, she's just like, (laughs) I'm exhausted. It's not even here yet. So they ended up moving the date of the the removal. The removal, yeah. um, A little for it because Michelle was finding out that she was pregnant right around the time that the dress arrived. Mm Mm-hmm. So she was worried that if they waited any longer, she wasn't going to be able to fit in it anymore. So Jana said it was five days earlier that they decided that they're going to do it. So we'd heard August 22nd. I'm actually not entirely sure of the day. I, it's in July sometime. Mm-hmm. So, But they move, they move it up quite a bit. And um, Jill's like, yeah, we're winging it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is probably pretty normal for them. Like she didn't seem, she didn't seem like it was like, oh, we're all a little bit nervous. Like it was very much like, well, we're here we go again. Yep, we're doing it. And that's kind of the end of it. But just to give you a little tidbit, the "Say Yes to the Dress" episode um, aired on October second, so just a few days after this episode that was September twenty ninth. So they lined it up well. Yep. Okay. And that's it for the episode. That's pretty good. For me, it was a lot of notes this time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty good. Yep. Lots of content. Yep. All right. Anything else you'd like to add, my dear? Nope. All right. We will see you in a bit. Today, we're going to be digging into Jim, Bob, and Michelle's relationship leading up to getting married and a little bit of their newlywed life. Ooh, taking it back. Yeah. I know we've touched on this a little bit in like tiny little bits in the past, mm-hmm. especially in the earlier episodes. But again, unless you're a recent binger, it's been over a year. And also, <laughs> we're going to get into a little bit more detail this time around. It's just kind of been like in the past, it's been very much just kind of like setting up to get to the next thing. Now we're going to get into it a little bit more. And it's interesting because, of course, when you're in the public eye, you get asked the same questions over and over and you tell yeah. the same stories over and over but as I read through the various accounts, different ones would have just like one tiny little smidge more detail that the other ones didn't have. Okay. So I've just kind of read them all and combined them all together to give you like the most full picture as best I could find. Mm-hmm. So let's take it back to 1982. Ooh. It's a Tuesday night and Jim Bob and his friend Fred had signed up to visit church members who were either new or Andor had filled out a card requesting to be visited. Okay. They were given the cards of three houses to visit that night, but not a single one of them answered their door. 
maybe because they had two 16-year-old boys at their door. Like, you know, <laughs> I always kind of wonder, like, you know, obviously, I've had the missionaries come to me because my dad sends them, you know, mm. but, like, never, I've never had missionaries come to my door being an outsider, obviously. Yeah. And I always kind of wonder what people think when, like, two fucking teenage boys are there and, like, we're here to talk to you. So, I don't know. I kind of imagine this being kind of the same thing. So, kind of sounds like Fred was determined to make sure the night wasn't a complete bust, because then he suggested visiting a girl from his school, a cheerleader, no less, who had recently become a Christian. Lego attended Shiloh Christian, as we've discussed several times, but Freddie Boy, he attended the local public school, Springdale High. So Lego didn't know who who he was talking about, but, you know, he happily went along with it. Mm-hmm. Of course, that cheerleader was none other than 15-year-old Michelle Ruark. Okay. It was only one month prior that Michelle had given her life to Christ after having the shit scared out of her <laughs> by her friend Janet in a rapture movie. <laughs> so taking it back. And what was the name of the movie again? A Thief in the Night. Well, that's she never explicitly says it, just again to be clear, but mm. based off of things she said, that's and the time period that is deductive reasoning, the the general public has come to that conclusion. Bone chilling. But it is that was just a month prior. So she's fresh meat, right? She's fresh <laughs> Christian meat. Oh god. Everything about that is off putting. <laughs> so unlike those previous three houses, Michelle answers her door. And Jim Bob was immediately smitten with her, deciding that she was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen before. He, however, made absolutely no impression on her whatsoever. (laughs) She can't remember him from that night at all, actually. No. Because it was Fred who was the one that did all of the talking, Mm -hmm. while Lego sat there, nervous and silent, occasionally smiling and nodding his head. His, uh... His heart was too busy coming out of his chest over yes. and over again. But and also, he had heart eyes. Oh yeah, know. yeah, like the yeah, the yeah. And then his his tongue unrolled out of his mouth mm-hmm. when yeah when they he had to pick the it back up and roll it back in. roll it back in. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. As as one as does. one does, yeah. But also, if you think about it, role reversal here. This is the like the first and only time that Mich- you know we know that Michelle in the future takes over the adoring gaze and like you know True. silently nodding and smiling. Mm. Um. So yeah, for for once it was his job, his duty, and not hers. You know. So, so you're saying he uniquely understands the IBLP woman's ex- oh, yeah. experience very much. One mm-hmm. night, you know. Yeah. yeah. So back in taking it back for just a second. Back in junior high, Boob had attended a dating seminar at his church, and it was there that he ended up making two commitments. The first was that he wouldn't date anyone who wasn't a Christian, and the second was that he wouldn't date date anyone who didn't love Jesus as much as he did. Oh my God, that's like a that's like a backhanded compliment, almost. You know what I mean? Or like a it's a way to like put yourself up here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So now, sitting in the Rurik living room, he becomes convinced that Michelle is the girl he has been praying for. Okay. Even though he didn't even know her at all, he's convinced. She's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says he's impressed by her desire to learn about God. But I think her being a hot cheerleader was a bigger, 
bigger part of it than he's willing to admit. That is such a small part of it. I don't even know why you would... Fo- Why'd you even bring it up? Like, that's such a small part. But I guess her being a month into her, you know, being, like, born again, essentially. I guess that qualifies her as loving Jesus as much as him, so... <laughs> He can check that box and feel good about it, right? Right. Well, I mean, he's been praying about her. Yeah. Mulan went through my head. What do we want? A, A girl, girl worth praying oh, for. Wish that I had. <laughs> A girl worth praying for. Okay. Incredible movie. <laughs> so as Lego and Fred are leaving, Lego says he paused for a moment in the doorway of her home and prayed. Oh, God, from the depths of my heart, I ask that Michelle could be mine and that I could be her spiritual leader. So here he is. Let's just paint this picture. 16 years old and already fancies himself a a leader, you know, yeah. a spiritual mm-hmm. leader because, you know, man, woman. So, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, we get it. You don't yeah. need to say it. <laughs> so he leaves enamored with this girl. So what does he do after? He takes the Gil Bates approach, which means nothing. He did nothing. Okay. He doesn't call her. He doesn't try to go back to her house for another visit. He just prays to God about her. Okay. Maybe he thought that, like, one day she would just, like, show up in his driveway like that van. (laughs) Or that wood chipper. Or that someone would be like, oh, hey, you looking for a wife? I don't need my... You know how it was, like, with, like, the swing set and the weed whacker? It was like, oh, you look like you could uh, use Uh, a wife? You know, I got one here. (laughs) Do you need one cheerleader? (laughs) So a whole year passes, and like we've mentioned before, money is a little tight and unstable in the Duggar home. So Grandma Mary takes a job as a manager as a, at a frozen yogurt shop to help make ends meet. Okay. Jim Bob often would take and pick her up from work. And one day he's picking her up when she tells him that a young girl named Michelle Ruark has applied and asks if he knew her. And he's like, yes, you need to hire her. Like, he's just like, yes, I know her. So, like, this is the moment he's been waiting for. Once again, his eyes popped out of his head and it went awooga awooga <laughs> yep oh, okay cool yep so michelle describes her okay anyways uh she hires her if i didn't you know there you <laughs> oh, go okay um so michelle <sighs> described her early impressions of mary saying quote as a new christian i was so impressed by her godly example and wanted to learn from her She was a bold witness for Christ, and even when difficult situations would arise, I would hear her say, praise the Lord in all things. So now that Michelle is working at the yogurt shop, he's even more eager and willing to pick his mom up from work. Oh, yeah. And he also happily volunteers to help with various repairs around the shop. Oh. I I bet he made like a point to like lift heavy things, you know. Um, flex as he mm-hmm. tightened those nuts and bolts, maybe opened a few jars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do that to Whitney. I'll be like, hey, come here. I'm going to do something real manly. <laughs> come and watch me lift this heavy thing. And then she doesn't. I, I show up sometimes. <laughs> so I'm not sure if he finally just like grew a pair or maybe God kind of reached out and was like, dude, I need you to do like one thing, you know, or something. <laughs> Just, can you just like one, can you participate a little here? I imagine where it's like a pet where you're like, 
come on, move. You need <laughs> yeah. to move. And then you just like, with your foot or your hand, you gently move Mildred. Like, so she walks forward. That's yeah. how this was. Pretty much. So whatever whatever did it, if it was the God <laughs> nudge or growing a pair, he finally works up the courage to ask her out. He could barely get the words out. He was so nervous. But he asked her to go with him to his senior banquet. So there she is, kind of cornered at work by her boss's son, mind you, <laughs> that she doesn't know at all. But her and like doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but her coworker friend knew him, I guess, like a little bit or knew of him, and she kind of gives Michelle like the thumbs up and tells her like, "Oh, he's a sweet guy." So she says okay. yes. I mean, probably because it's her boss's son, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Yeah. So, the day of the banquet, he shows up her house at her house to pick her up, and, you know, they head out. And Michelle says that she remembers feeling embarrassed because she didn't really know him at all. So, she says embarrassed, but I'm a I'm a chime in here and just include awkward as fuck. <laughs> Made even more awkward when we remember that Lego is like, what is it? There's like 12 or 13 of or of them like in his graduating class mm-hmm. we've talked about yeah. previously. Mm-hmm. So if everyone showed up with an outside date, I'm not even saying like two kids show up together. This is like best case scenario. Every single one of those kids shows up with a date. Mm -hmm. We're talking like maximum 26 kids. Okay. (laughs) Maybe. That's being generous. Yeah. So you already don't know each other at all. Mm -hmm. And then you're in this very small, intimate setting where there's just like not really a whole lot to like break the ice and like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Sounds awful. So Michelle says that they barely even spoke through the entire banquet. And when they did, it was like very run of the mill, like polite chit chat. But Lego, he did have one tiny leg up with this date. Okay. Even though Cannon was a hussy with baggage because she dated other guys previously. This was her very first what she calls car date. Okay. So, like, getting picked up, you know, like, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So, he uses this to his advantage, you know, right? On the way home from the banquet, which, you know, sounded like a rip-roaring time, uh, he let Michelle drive the car that he'd come in, which was, like, one of the many cars that they had because his dad was selling and flipping. Mm -hmm. And she had just started to learn how to drive stick. And he assured her that the car was so old and beat up that, you know, it wouldn't really matter if she added her dent or anything. So it's okay that you do this. When what he really wanted was to be able to cover her hand with his when she needed help shifting. Ooh. I mean, and we know how the Duggars are. That is, that might as well be stealing home. No, it is. It's like, basically, Jim Bob is a slut. <laughs> Touching hands is like first base in IBLP. Like actually maybe even second base. Because they're only allowed, uh, you know, side hugs until they're engaged. So hand-on-hand action on the first date is pretty slutty. I do want to point out. Yeah, ready? Ready? I just thought of a really funny joke. And now I'm telling you guys it's funny, so it's not going to be funny. It just occurred to me right now. That is very shifty behavior. Look at you. She did it. Do you get it? You get it? She did it. it. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Your shift? Shifty behavior? Merp. <laughs> she merped herself. <laughs> I got really excited when that came yeah. to me. <laughs> I was going to call back a very, very early episode in, in this podcast 
Palma Sutra chicken. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was trying to do some of the Palma Sutra. That's slutty. That is <laughs> second base in IBLP. <laughs> He's putting out on the first yeah. date. Yeah. First banquet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So after making it to second base, um, <laughs> I bet he didn't think the night could possibly get better, but it did, I guess. Oh, when they get back to Michelle's house, they sat and talked for four hours. <laughs> and usually they only describe this as the majority of their conversation being centered around the Bible and their faith. <laughs> Go figure. But digging around a little, I finally found one source where, with a tiny bit more detail. Apparently, a major topic of their conversation that night was what he'd learned years earlier in that dating seminar that I mentioned earlier. He shared a principle they'd been taught about the relationship triangle that's formed when a boy and girl set their hearts on God. So God is at the top of the triangle, and then, you know, girl and boy are at the other two points. Okay. And then the closer each one of them moves towards God, the closer the boy and girl also move towards each other. Okay. Doesn't that sound like a little manipulative? Oh, Or like totally. self-serving at the very fucking least? Mm-hmm. Like here you are on your first date and you're li- literally going to preach to this girl about, you know, dating and God and how you can like combine the two <laughs> and it'll be so great because God will be so happy too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the combo meal. Yeah. The Chris, the the Duggar dating combo meal. It also kind of semi feels like he's using the Lord as his wingman. <laughs> you know? I'm assuming that was a that was a sticker on like a VW minibus at some point. The Lord is my is my wingman. Or like instead of Jesus is my homeboy, Jesus. the Lord is my wingman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Put that man. on a t shirt. Yeah. With the triangle. Well, of course. So, Cannon, she eats this shit up. And while he made zero impression a year (laughs) prior, he made one that night. She said that he was the most polite, well-mannered, kind, gentle young man she'd ever met. And that guys from her school were proud and cocky. Never opened the doors or had manners. But Jim Bob, he did all of that and more, and she was just thrilled. Okay. She said he was different, like nobody she'd ever met before, and he didn't try anything appropriate at all, which... Anything inappropriate. I... Th- d- oh, does that... You said he didn't try anything appropriate. <laughs> like, inappropriate. Yeah, inappropriate. <laughs> I think she's very clearly um, glossing over that hand action. Yeah, that's true. That was pretty... I mean, not safe for TV, let me tell you. Nope. On top of all that, um, he had a heart for God, and she said she fell in love with him on that very first date. So, like, a f- like fucking three hours ago, she was like, oh, God, here this we are. This is awful. Yeah, and then now she's like, I love him, you know. Damn. Hot and cold, this one. Yep. Of course, um, they have to make this all sound super, like, serendipitous or, you know, like, God, you know, just like... Mm-hmm. You know, it makes for a better story. So Michelle says that after he left that night, she stood in the doorway of her home and prayed, Lord, if this isn't the one you have for me, I can't imagine anyone better. Uh, use that. Try to use the imagination. Just what's, try a little. What's the key to happiness, honey? Low expectations. Yeah, that got me where I am. <laughs> 
she's like, I just can't imagine. Well, just try. Well, you're also like 15 and have never had a car date before. (laughs) So you're you're not really. (laughs) The experience is (laughs) lacking maybe a little. Oh, man. Maybe just like try anything else. (laughs) (sighs) So they both claim to have prayed in the same doorway to God about each other, each other like being the Mm -hmm. one. Okay. So now they're officially dating. Scandalous. It's not courting, it's dating. And I feel like we never hear much about Michelle's family. Obviously, there's a lot of factors involved there. Like, mm-hmm. she was kind of a lost child. Her siblings were all way older than her and, like, mm-hmm. moved away. So, definitely all those things kind of play into it. But we we just really don't know a whole lot about them. And I've always, you know, you always just kind of want to know more about them. Yeah. So, it was kind of nice when I did finally find something about her dad, specifically. Like, specifically what he thought of Lego back during their dating days. Okay. According to Michelle. So, everything has, you know, some salt. You know, a little bit of grains of salt. Mm -hmm. According to Michelle, he loved him. He found him to be a sweet guy who had his head on straight. And he was particularly impressed with his work ethic. Mary and JL both worked in real estate. And the market was down at this time. Okay. Which is why Mary had gotten the yogurt shop job to begin with. Mm -hmm. And Lego worked at a grocery store and had since he was 15 years old. And he was contributing financially to the family to help make ends meet. Which is nice. You know, that Mm -hmm. is good. So this really made an impression on Michelle's dad. And he and Lego got along really well. Okay. She even said, quote, Sometimes I would think, this is so crazy. My dad and Jim Bob have such a good relationship. I felt like I don't even get to talk half the time. But I was happy. Get used to it, sister. Uh, That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to (laughs) say. But I was happy because they had a strong bond and had so much in common. (laughs) So So there's, I guess, what her dad thinks. I hope she's practicing her adoring gaze. (laughs) So they had started dating back in May of 1983, and things were going well, and they continue dating through the summer, and Michelle begins her senior year. That Christmas Eve, 1983, roughly seven months after their first date, Jim Bob proposes to Michelle in her living room with her parents present. Okay. I guess that living room, like, is the setting of their it's love story, right? a lot right? of action. I'm su- like, I'm surprised he didn't, like, propose in that doorway, you know, <laughs> but... You know, for the story of it all. And it's funny because Michelle describes it as being, like, so romantic. Okay. But at the same time, she goes on to describe, like, the most fucking basic vanilla proposal. (laughs) (laughs) She literally says, it was really special because we were in our normal surroundings and he made it so romantic. Special. I'm convinced. (laughs) It was in my living room, normal, normal, romantic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you convinced? No, not remotely. She goes on to say that he got on one knee, pulled out a ring and said, Michelle, will you marry me? That is some super groundbreaking uh, proposal stuff I mean, the epitome of romance, if I've ever heard it. Yeah. Now, I am not trying to minimize anybody. Everybody has different stories. Everybody has different things. But 
it's being played up really, oh, really, yeah, really, really hard, heavy. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, there's going to be like a really personal touch or there's going to be something. And then when it's he like... He said something that's really got meaningful. down on one knee and then he like had a ring and then he like asked me to marry him. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it though, I was making a joke about proposing in the doorway but that actually sounds a hell of a lot better than what actually happened. You know, right. like even in my fucking snark joking, I'm more thought like thoughtful than that fucking buffoon. You know, wouldn't that have been better? Like we both had this thought in the store. Like you know, like that would have at least put it to like some. But he's like, no, nah, I'm in. I'm in your living room. Here's your mom and dad. I mean, what's ever going to be better than Gator Landing with the beer delivery I mean, guy going through the dining room? Not a damn I mean, thing. But you know. How do you how do you how do you beat that? You don't. That's the answer. So Jim Bob had spent three hundred fifty dollars on her engagement ring, which is roughly one thousand twenty seven dollars today. Okay. In case anybody's wondering. Then three months later, Michelle's dad ends up accepting a job offer in North Carolina, which meant that Michelle would be expected to move with her parents shortly after her high school graduation in May. Okay. Lego couldn't bear the thought of her moving away. Mm -hmm. So he pleaded to her father asking if they could get married that summer following her graduation so she could stay in Arkansas. (laughs) He told Mr. Rourke how, how much he loved Michelle and how he intended to provide for and care for her. He laid out all the supporting facts, reminding him of how he had worked at the grocery store for the last several years, had recently gotten his real estate agent um, license at the age of 18 And how he was saving up for a down payment on a house. Apparently, Jim Bob was crying as he pleaded his case. And Michelle's dad even got a little misty-eyed himself. I just want to stop for one second. And if they're engaged, is it really that big of a scare? Like, they play it up as this big, giant scare. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's not like it went the other way. It wasn't that, like, oh, they were moving and then he proposed. He'd already proposed. Yeah, so, so like, that seems like a super basic. Yeah, so I'm okay, just like, stay, so, yeah, so we're gonna get married. They very much play. Please tell this story is like, and then she was gonna be taken. I'm like, really? When she's graduated high school and engaged, was she really just gonna go gonna with, her parents? with her parents? Like, it just all seems so fucking manufactured to sound like. <laughs> I'm sure it really happened, but the whole, oh, she's just gonna be taken away, just feels way over the top to me why are you hating on this whirlwind love story with this amazing proposal sorry why are you hating on this no wind love story Uh, i must be drinking the haterade (laughs) i guess but it just feels i'm just they always go so into that part where i'm just like um wait you're like just wouldn't you just stay like i don't know about this thing like i just don't think it's as big of a deal as they're making it out to be like yes her family's moving away maybe that's an emotional thing but like i don't Mm. think there was this huge fear of like them being taken away forever (laughs) you know just like broken (laughs) apart well yeah so during all this michelle's mother was kind of just sitting nearby quietly not really saying anything just listening and watching when she finally chimed in and said garrett just let the boy marry the girl i don't know how she talks but that's how i'm talking um and so he finally agreed to it so the wedding planning commences in the midst of michelle preparing to graduate high school as well and on the note of high school i just want to throw in because i didn't know where else to throw it in 
Um, I'm going to throw in a couple little fun facts. Number one, even though Lego was a year older and never even went to Michelle's high school, he actually makes a cameo in her senior yearbook. There's a picture of the two of them captioned, Michelle Rourke and her fella. (laughs) Second fun fact, somebody listed Michelle's junior yearbook on eBay, complete with her signature in it, for $100 and it sold. (laughs) It's no $100,000 diary. You know, all a ginger, but yeah. still interesting. The callbacks in this episode are deep. <laughs> and nobody bought the the hundred thousand dollar, you know, but still, you know. But a hundred bucks you know. for a yearbook. That's Yep. Anywho's also back to Lego and Canon and their wedding planning. They tried to keep it as low cost as possible, and I guess simple, you know, this is what you'd call it. To Lego learn. once said, When Michelle and I got married, we just didn't really care about all the details. Um, which, like, I I just feel like you couldn't care less about this damn wedding because he just wants to go to fucking Pound Town, you know, as soon as possible. A ceremony is just like a fucking cock block at this point. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just like, yeah, of course you didn't fucking care. You guys want to fuck. You know, you want a bone. But what about the love and the Lord? That comes before and after. <laughs> So, to cut costs, Michelle decided to wear Grandma Mary's wedding dress, which I have to say, good choice. Okay. I actually like the dress. Oh. Um, and to me, that makes sense, though, because Mary and JL got married in 1960. Okay. Totally my style. So, the dress is very classic and not, like, overdone and wild. Mm-hmm. I actually think she got super lucky with this being her circumstances, because I think wearing this dress turns out, I mean, a million times better than anything she would have picked out for herself in 1984. <laughs> do you think it's better than the modern dress that had the smock sewn into it? I do. It? I do. <laughs> um, and you heard Lego this episode. He likes puffy sleeves. Them puffy and it was sleeves, 1984. Though. Imagine what she would have worn if those two were left to, the, to their own devices. <laughs> so wearing Ma- like Mary's wedding dress... Last good decision that woman ever made. Best case scenario. Yes. I mean, in in all decisions going forward after that moment, best one. (laughs) It's all downhill from here. Yep. Lady. So Michelle also opted to make her own bouquet out of fake flowers with the intention of being able to use them as decor in her home afterwards. I also made my own bouquet, by the way. Mm -hmm. Out of? Well, it wasn't just my, it was mine and my four bridesmaids. So five bouquets, coffee filters. Mm Mm-hmm. I actually, oh God, what website was it? Probably the not, like in the forums on the not. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day when you actually got on forums and things. <laughs> I was when I first learned about it. And there was some other bride. I can't remember if she just had extra or if she just got partway through and like mm-hmm. abandoned it. But I bought shit off of a bride and she had already done a shit ton of the, some of it was already cut out. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's the cone um, coffee filters. Mm-hmm. She'd already cut out a bunch, and then there was a shit ton already traced and everything. So I just had to pick up from there. So you literally cut out coffee filter things, and you'd like have all these individual petals. You tape them onto like wire, mm-hmm. and then you curl them out. And then I watercolored them. So I assembled all of the f- individual flowers myself, and then I had a day with my sisters where we watercolored them. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because after you paint them, the coffee filters kind of almost take on like a 
petal feel. Rose petal feel. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, like I put all of the the wires. It says each individual wire of a flower, mm-hmm. and I actually put them inside of a PVC pipe, and then I wrapped that mm-hmm. with um like ribbon and shit. But I thought so. I got five bouquets for. I did it for eighty dollars. You would never ever get like flower bouquets that way. Oh, ever. never. And we didn't use flowers in our um, mm-hmm. centerpieces and stuff. So that was the only like real flower cost. Yeah. So eighty dollars. So I also did my own flowers. <laughs> and also to save money, Michelle baked her wedding cakes herself and froze them. Then a friend of hers iced and decorated them using ingredients that Michelle had bought. And I gotta say that's a that is a line I'm glad that I drew. <laughs> I was selling um, on the side. My side hustle at the time was custom cakes. Mm-hmm. Not so much wedding cakes, but like party cakes and stuff. So glad I was like, nope. I had my, my high school culinary teacher make our cake. Mm-hmm. I used our wedding as an opportunity to semi-retire from cakes. And I was like, oh, I'm too busy <laughs> with my wedding. And then I never yeah. went back to it because it started to get miserable. <laughs> but yeah, glad I drew that line. Yeah. I made our cupcakes for our favors, mm-hmm. but I didn't bake our wedding cake thank god (laughs) as for the location um as mentioned in today's episode they got married at jim bob's church then turned their church but it was under construction so they'd been meeting in a gymnasium they decided on getting married in the hallway of the church and setting up folding chairs and then created a backdrop with lattice which is why um, I don't think I got into this today, but just Lego was saying that, oh, we're going to have, like, in this episode, he's like, we're going to have to move this desk. Like, you can't move the desk. Yeah. It's, it's like an information desk where it's like a 360 desk yeah. almost. It's three-sided and then, because you can enter from one side. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, in this episode, he'd been like, we're going to have to remove this. And Canna's like, no, you just put up lattice. Which mm-hmm. she's saying that because that's exactly what they did before. Right. So, other than a few pieces of crepe paper weaved through the lattice backdrop, they really didn't do any other decorating. In fact, when one of Michelle's sister arrived for the wedding, she didn't specify which one, but Michelle's sister arrived and it's she's kind of like, the fuck? Um, <laughs> and she volunteered to buy and make a flower display for the altar out of silk flowers. So, they'd have like something in the background. Damn. Their decor colors, which basically means the colors of the crepe paper, were pastel pink, blue, and yellow. Very of the time, very 80s wedding Mm -hmm. vibes. Yeah. So it's a good thing she had Grandma Mary's dress because we could have gone a whole other direction. (laughs) So that covers some of the preparations leading up. Now I'm going to sidestep just to tell you a few random facts about what was going on at the time, kind of like in in the world, in the nation, I guess, the day of their wedding. Which was July 21st of 1984. Just to give you a vibe of where we're at, okay? Okay. Ronald Reagan was president. The number one song in the U.S. was When Doves Cry by Prince. (laughs) Fantastic. The number one movie was Ghostbusters. Heck yeah, I'm a fan. The number one girl name was Jennifer. (laughs) And the number one boy name was Michael. Okay. The federal minimum wage was $3.35. All right. About $9.82 in buying power today. Mm-hmm. So just to give you a little vibe of where we're at. I 
I know that's like a passe thing where it's like, oh, the year you were born. I love that shit. Oh, I know. Me too. Because it's like, oh, it's like it gives you a little like a glimpse into life. And minor side note, you ever want to make a good radio station to like listen to while you're working or while you're cleaning the house or whatever? Prince. Yeah. The reason why is because he, the man was so damn talented that he had so many influences that he pulled from that you'll get music from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's Chicago and like old like R&B and like funk and like, oh yeah, amazing. So Prince Radio Station. There you Give go. Give it a try. So their wedding day came just three days after Lego's 19th birthday. Okay. And a little less than two months before Michelle's 18th. Okay. So she's 17 when they get married and they kind of try to like denim skirt around this fact for a lot of the time. They always seem to mention his age as like being 19 and then followed up with, oh, after Michelle's graduation. <laughs> they just don't get specific with her age like they do with him. Yeah. It's only in later years that they kind of finally start to say it more outright after I feel like everybody's like, okay, we know. you know? We get but it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but being 17, this means that she would have had to have had parental consent to legally get married Mm -hmm. but you know he loves jim bob so i'm sure mr rourke was happy to sign the papers yeah i don't think that one would have been like a big argument yep i've seen some people say like well it was like a different time and people married young back then so just out of curiosity i looked up the median age of age of marriage um back then Mm -hmm. and what i found was that in 1980 it was 24 for males and 22 for females Okay. And then in 1990, because I just did it by like 10-year in- mm. increments, 1990 it was 26 for females and 23 for or, or 26 for males. I'm sorry, and 23 for females. Interesting. And their marriage year was pretty much smack in the middle of those st- statistics. Mm-hmm. So you could just go smack in the middle. Like for males, it'd be 25, and for females, it'd be either 22 or 23 because that's the only two numbers. Hmm. So statistically speaking, they are still much younger. Than oh, the yeah. average. Mm-hmm. But it may have been more common in their direct like area and circles. I feel like communities, especially like rural communities, would have their own kind of like standards or like averages. Norms, and yeah. Of, yeah, their own norms, yeah. Versus what's like the norm at large. Right. So what seems normal in your, well, may not be like statistically speaking yeah. the normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Mormons get married very young too at least mm-hmm. what i experienced growing up right so like my sister she was non-mormon anymore like she didn't plan to practice and she mm-hmm. got married at 18 yeah we got married when i was 21 but, um but it's kind of funny because i feel like neither neither of us would like recommend it to people you know <laughs> i even had a co-worker who um was same age as my sister but she got married young as well still happily married all mm-hmm. three of our relationships still right um uh, yeah. happily married but it's funny because all three of us like at different points have been like yeah we wouldn't like tell anybody like go get married at 21 <laughs> and like 18 but yeah. we're like it worked out for us but it's like not something i'd be like yeah do that right but um or yeah. you think about it with your kids like we've had that discussion with your oldest sister that like you know she has two kids and it's like would you ever would you ever be okay with your kid getting married at 18 she'd be like no, God, no. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah and it's funny because like we, the two bookend sisters 
oldest and youngest we got married fairly young whereas like the two middle sisters with us got married like 25 and 28 Mm -hmm. but then you ask my mom my mom's like well if the other two had said they want to get married young i would have worried but i never worried about the two of you so i'm like that's like the (laughs) oh we're old sold weirdos like like you know that like where it's like we never worried because you're an old soul which means you think we're fucking weird but yeah i love the meme going around where it's like when you tell a kid oh you have such an old soul and it's like oh you you don't know how to produce dopamine already (laughs) (laughs) yep um so they got married at 10 a.m they were really ready to bang man yep they're trying to get this shit over with as soon as possible (laughs) so they're like 10 a.m please (laughs) so 10 a.m in front of 200 family members and friends and their reception consisted of cake punch and nuts Okay. Sounds very like much like every Mormon wedding reception I ever attended as a child. <laughs> much like Lego and Canon, there was a lot of lattice around. A lot. Okay. 98.7% of the time, there was a collage of both of their childhoods. Okay. Usually on lattice, too. <laughs> there was like almost like a framed lattice. It was very interesting. That's a lot of lattice. Um, then there was a boom box sitting on the stage, the corner, the corner edge of the stage, not ho- ho- like hooked up to anything. Oh, okay. Just chilling on the stage for mm-hmm. easy access to like switch out the CDs. Oh, okay. Um, you know, but always punch and nuts, maybe a dish of pastel party mints if they're feeling froggy. Yeah. Okay. That is how I knew of wedding receptions. You know, that was all I knew. The very first wedding, like Mormon wedding reception that I attended that had real food, like with little croissant sandwiches and like fruit mm-hmm. and like maybe like a fucking vegetable tray, I was like, damn, they rich, you know? <laughs> um, which is funny because she wasn't even like a little bit rich. She actually was my school teacher at That's one funny. point, but my family knew her. We know teachers ain't rich, right? <laughs> so, you know, she wasn't rich at all, but by. But by, like, Mormon standards, she was, like, one foot in the fucking grave. Okay. She was, like, mid-30s, which, by Mormon getting married standards, like, you're mm-hmm. ancient. You're a dinosaur. Yeah. So, I don't believe that. I'm just saying that to be clear. Of course. In the era, I don't know. I can't speak too much Mormon culture now. I know they still get married young by mm-hmm. a long shot. But Mormon culture, when I was a kid, that was old by yeah. their standards. Mm-hmm. So... um. So basically, she just wasn't like 19 and 22, <laughs> like the boys return, the return missionaries right. finding their 19 year old girlfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess when you're like mid 30s, you can like spring for for like the mini croissants from Costco, you Ooh. know. So fucking Rockefeller shit in my world at the time. <laughs> it, it's just funny, though, because I assumed my entire life that that's what wedding receptions were like. You and I have such differing ex- life experiences. Yeah, I had that. no idea that anything else existed. Do you want to know what the first wedding reception that I actually remember, like, hard? Were you, did you fall asleep on a chair so your, your parents could keep dancing? Nope. <laughs> but it was in Mexico. And we had gone to Mexico. And I don't, I don't remember whose wedding it was. But I do remember that was the first time I remember leaving the country to go back there. So we went into, I have very distinct memories of the part of like Juarez, Mexico that we went to. I remember 
everything was upstairs. So upstairs on the second floor, there was like a big opening room. And that was where like the reception was happening. So it was like not quite a DJ, but a guy with big speakers. And was a DJ? I mean, kind of. I'm just saying there was no like turntables, but they were playing Mexican music. So that was where the dance floor was. Off in the corner of whatever building we were in, there was kind of like a mini playground. Like not like outdoor like metal structures, but it was like metal structures that were like indoor like little slides. Interesting. Like you would see like play school has like the indoor side. So it was like that kind of stuff. There was a kiddie area. Mm -hmm. In the corner. And then you could go downstairs. The kitty corner. The kitty corner. Yeah, I was kitty corner. You. Look at you. Um, downstairs is where all the older women were making food. And I just remember standing there looking at the largest pot of menudo I had ever seen in my life. It was larger than I was. But in my head, I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a wedding. There was a weird kind of boring church part. But then this is the part where there's dancing and there's a playground and there's a giant pot of menudo. That was a wedding reception to me. See, and for me, it was mm. punch, nuts, and mints. <laughs> CD player. Um, but like also, a main part of these weddings, besides the punch and nuts, mm-hmm. receiving lines. That and, was the thing in Mexican culture. Okay, too. I was going to ask. I'm like, yeah. does anybody else do receiving lines? Because yeah. as I got older, I was like, I've never seen it anywhere else. But it was just, I kind of want to say that, I don't know if this is true. It's probably just kind of like one of those like cultural type things in a way. But I want to believe that it's because there was no um, sit down meal mm-hmm. that you didn't do. Like at our wedding, it's like, that's when you do table touches. You get done eating, you go right. around here, but you, you go say hi to all your guests. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's no, it's just this open thing for mints and cake. So like your only option <laughs> Sounds like was, an open house. It, no, it really is. Like, and I remember when my oldest sister got married, because again, like I said, she wasn't Mormon, so she didn't get married in the temple. Right. Like she didn't have any intention mm-hmm. of being Mormon going forward, but she got married in the gym, every reception was like, you know, you're over like basketball court. She got married there and had her reception there. Mm-hmm. And I, she was just like, oh, I, I just wanted to get fucking married. She couldn't give two shits about her wedding. They yeah. they left and they went to McDonald's. Like, she was like, I don't <laughs> give a fuck. She just wanted to be married and gone. Yeah. But, um, like, I remember my little dress because I had a little dress that matched the mm-hmm. bridesmaids the from we ordered it out of Chadwick's magazine if anybody <laughs> remembers Chadwick's I have no idea what that is but it sure sounds fancy so I had a little dress that matched the bridesmaids and I remember being like do I get a fucking stand in the receiving line like I <laughs> and I did for a little couple minutes and then I was like okay I'm good but I was just like I was six years old yeah. And I was like, do I get to be in the receiving line? You because just to me, that to was be like, invited to the like party. fucking status. Like, everybody yeah. comes by to shake your hand. Mm-hmm. See, in the Mexican version of that was always the dollar dance. But that's not a receiving line. But it, but that's your time where, like, literally, that's that's your time to talk to every person. Which that's I agree through. with. But did you actually still have receiving lines? Is my question. I've seen both. Okay. At the same wedding. But. Yeah, so I think that's funny. Just it's very much like cool. There's this receiving leg where you shake hands, and I'm like, Mexicans are dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I think about it. Like I went my entire life where it was like mince and punch, and my sister also had the mince and punch and mixed nuts. And 
so that first time that I went to one that had like fucking mini croissants, <laughs> I was like, this is fucking peak living right here. You know, like, I, like I thought that was it. So it's like I have these tears, and I was like, this is it. Like they had fucking chicken salad on a croissant. Hell yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, you do not be smirch a Jordan almond. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even Jordan almonds. That's too expensive. Damn. They were the little like pillowy pastel oh yeah yeah chalky mm-hmm. ones mexicans loved those things jordan too. almond's too fucking pricey <laughs> for our budget i had one wedding i went to as a kid that had jordan almonds and had, legit i was like damn girl my second sister had them at her wedding and the funny part though is she did not want them for her mother-in-law not mormon they didn't get married and you know, nothing more than mormon at all but like she was pissed because her mother-in-law was like no we have to have them she's like i don't fucking want them like she didn't want them and i was like i kind of like them but anyways okay. so croissants thought i was like fucking living life right. and then when i was 14 i finally got to go to a real wedding damn okay i know we're going off on a tangent here but i just wanted i just want to talk this out there's such a cultural touchstone though I had never been to anything besides the gym with mints and nuts. Awful. Not awful. So then just to um, paint the picture a little bit, my my sister right above me, the one that went to school, Tim, she worked as a receptionist at the hair place that we all got a haircut at. Mm -hmm. Because of that, we kind of became friends with a lot of the hairstylists there and whatever. And then for what, and we, and we were all very friendly with this one. I, I kind of don't understand it to this day, but she invited all of us to her wedding. Which, <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And she was very nice. And I'm not mm. like, we talked to her like all the time, mm. but I was like, oh man, she's like inviting. And I remember like, she had like a two seater, like Porsche, like, like her parents had money. The guy she was marrying had money. And I was just like, oh wow. Like we're getting, and it was that, st- if anybody local knows, it was at Stonebridge Manor. <laughs> so think about it. I had only ever been to a fucking gym for a reception <laughs> you had no idea yes. what you were about to and experience. so when we showed up to stonebridge manor i'm like the fuck is this <laughs> like i was like high on life and it's fucking fancy like full-blown sit-down dinner first time in my life <laughs> like i don't know what this is and then the champagne toast okay okay they don't care how old you are. They're just going around filling glasses, right? Mm-hmm. And they fill up my glass, and I'm sitting next to my mom, 14. And my mom goes, you can have it. Ooh, and I got to tell you, besides the fact that my parents don't drink, then they're Mormon. Their religion is to not drink. And then I'm 14. So I've got like three layers of like, this is edgy, right. you know, like happening. And I remember being like, yeah. And she was like, yep, you can have it. I fucking chugged that fucking glass. (laughs) And I was like, this is life. This is a real (laughs) wedding. She had the most gorgeous dress. I got a full meal. There was like full blown dancing. She married a Mexican guy. She was a little white girl that married a Mexican guy. She had great taste. Yep. And it was so fun. And I was just like, this? like, Is this what a wedding's actually like? (laughs) And it's actually kind of funny to me because I think in a way, like, it was also a very totally new experience for my mom. Okay. I think she was fucking eating it up. And I think that's why she got loosey-goosey and let me drink champagne. Woo. And she drank it, too. Did she really? She did. And actually, I just want to say. My mind is blowed right now. I heard that on our wedding, Tim, because we had champagne in the room getting ready. Because mm-hmm. my mom has never judged that we drink. Because, like, we got yeah. adults. She doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But um, I didn't see it. But multiple people saw my mom pick up my champagne glass and chug it on my wedding day. So. Wow. Okay. Um, that does feel like a move your like a move your mom would make. 
But it's funny because I feel like she would deny it to the end. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. It's like the same way I have a video of her in my phone to this day of her holding a shot of fireball and of yep. us all going, go, go, go. And then she, when she realizes <laughs> that I'm recording, she goes, no, and she turns around. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Can I interject with one mini story? Yeah. <laughs> you know how cool you felt at 14 being like, I'm going to drink some champagne. Fuck yeah. Can I tell you a story of the first time I ever got buzzed? Yeah. Christmas at my uncle's house. The one that lives across the street from my grandmother, just so I'm not naming him, okay. but you know. Yeah, but I know. Um, we were there for Christmas, and I remember they had like a bar set up in like the back corner of their like dining room, and we were all hanging out kind of everywhere because we had a giant family. And I remember two of my older cousins. I realized as the day was going on, they were, or as the night was going on, they were kind of getting a lot more loud. And I was like, what are they doing? And I remember at one point I walked into one of the bedrooms and they were eating, remember this illicit, illicit thing here. Oh my God, is it chocolate? It's the liquor filled bottle shaped chocolates that they had been eating, right? So I specifically remember catching them doing in that. And I don't remember what age I was, but I remember they were like, do you want one? It's just chocolate. And I'm like, okay. And I remember eating one that was like Jack Daniels, right? I had no idea. I was probably around the same age as you were, like 13, 14, somewhere there. And I remember eating that and then being like, man, like... I feel really good. And I remember going back to them and being like, can I have another one? And they were like, yeah. So they were like all for it. I had as like a 13 or 14 year old, I had three liquor filled chocolates. I hope Malibu was one of them. On Christmas Eve. I hope it was Malibu. (laughs) That's funny. Yep. Uh, It was good times. It is kind of funny though, because you know my mom very well. Mm -hmm. But like... I literally feel like, can you see what I'm saying? Where I feel like her loosey goosiness came from her being like, oh, having man. just like a. Mm-hmm. She oh, was wow. having the same experience you were. Yeah. Where she was just like, this is what, yeah. this is life. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's just funny because now I look back, I'm like, that's had to have been what was happening. Like, she yeah. was in the moment. And I don't feel like my mom got to live in the moment very often. Yeah. And I think that was like a time that she got to. Mm-hmm. And you hear that from people that go to weddings or birthdays in other cultures that are so very different from what they grew up with or i've heard it from friends that grew up very like kind of strict rigid like catholicism and then they go to like a southern baptist service and they're like god damn people are singing and clapping people are in a good mood and they're not miserable you know what i mean like so i think you see that when you're like taking just go somewhere different yeah right and you're so completely outside of your circle yeah you know yep and i just think that there was like a weird like thing because my mom it was just us girls my dad wasn't Mm. there and i think it was like all right we can live a little you know yeah anyways so closing out talking about their wedding They didn't have it videotaped, but they did have it recorded on audio, and apparently they subjected the J crew to listening to that tape each year on their anniversary. Can't you just Um, go to Weight Watchers and leave us alone? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so they made they played it every year and they would reenact it for them. Yeesh. Oh god. 
Yeah. I'm assuming it wasn't as charming as uh, John David reenacting. No. And like Susanna and all of them. No, not nearly. <laughs> that with, was like, the semi-charming. Oh, no. I love that whole scene. Like with the like half carrot. Martin. And he like takes a bite out of the carrot. Yeah. Half carrot. <laughs> I think it was great. That's like one of the few times that I'm like a skit. All right. I can get down with the skit. <laughs> So that kind of sums up their wedding. Now let's move into their honeymoon. They said that part of the reason they kept their wedding very simple and cheap was so they could spend more money on their honeymoon, which would be a totally fair argument. But um, if I actually bought that. I just <laughs> used, <don't>... right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. If I bought that used. Um, I just don't think that they really cared about their wedding because like sex. You know what I mean? They're just like, who fucking cares about all this shit? Well, I mean, when you're getting married at 10 a.m. Yeah. No, sex like, before sundown, yes. damn it. Like, I, like that is clearly the priority. <laughs> They're just like, let's get this shit Gotta move, done. people. Yeah. Eat your mints and get the hell out of the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick the cashews out of the peanuts and let's go. <laughs> so the plan for their honeymoon, I really do always pick out the... Cashews. I like. I like a peanut, but like, if there's a cashew involved, like, I'll take the cashew. Thanks. So the plan for their honeymoon was to rent cabins at two different state parks, Mount Nebo and Lake Fort Fort Smith. But when they arrived at their first cabin on the day of their wedding, so like probably two p.m., considering <laughs> um, the ceremony was at ten. <laughs> when they got there, they're not. They weren't thrilled with their digs. Okay. Michelle said, quote, we couldn't believe the difference between the photo on the brochure and the reality. The picture showed a lovely cabin right beside a beautiful flowing river. But when we got there, the cabin was really run down with awful orange curtains and cobwebs everywhere. I have orange curtains in my house. Um, so this is no place to smash. <laughs> and apparently even the river was all dried up and it was nothing like what they were expecting. So they made the decision to leave and ended up at a different random hotel in Fort Smith. <laughs> Cannon said, quote, we didn't get the setting we were expecting for our first night together, but it was still sweet. I'm sure Lego was pissed. <laughs> like, just like another cock block. First, it's just like having a wedding in general, right? And then now he has to go find another hotel to like haggle down to $37 a night. <laughs> You know, this is eating into his 40 seconds of loving he's been saving up for Michelle. Before sundown. Yeah. So it's like, God. Then when they're heading to their second destination, which is Mount Nebo, while it proved much more scenic than their first destination, Michelle's car that they were driving, a Volkswagen Dasher, was struggling to make it up the steep and winding roads. So they make it, but like barely. Okay. And Lego then spends the next two days while they're staying staying at their cabin working on the car. So they finally just kind of decide to throw in the towel and they limp the car back home earlier than they had expected. Mm. Instead, they spent the rest of their honeymoon working on fixing up their house. Earlier, we talked about how he told her father that he was saving to buy a house. Correct. And he did, in fact, buy a small fixer-upper, just 900 square feet. That was one of Mary's listings. Okay. He bought it for just $19,000 with a mortgage of $250 a month. Wow. 
So in today's money, I just want to point out that that that's about $57,000 with a mortgage of $734. Okay. So that's just putting money in a then versus now sense. Mm -hmm. Clearly not taking into account the different markets. Because you couldn't even find the dumpiest piece of shit for $57,000 now. Like, it doesn't exist. You can't rent anything for $700. You'd be buying a playhouse. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, just interesting that it puts it that much more in perspective. Like, that wouldn't even exist. Which I feel like we can kind of touch on in a future one where I just want to talk about their finances. Mm. And how they put themselves on this pedestal of like, oh, we did all these great things. I'm like, yeah, but in a world that doesn't exist anymore. So, let's just point that out. So Lego had moved in about a month prior to the wedding and Michelle had come over and started helping him working on various projects. Mm -hmm. Before their wedding, they had taken all of the cabinet doors off of their, you know, like in their kitchen and stuff and began to sand them down. But then they got, they weren't able to finish. So now that they got back early from their honeymoon, they picked back up on those projects. Okay. Michelle, Michelle said, quote, we were living on love and it was so exciting It was just so precious to be in our own house together for the first time. Jim Bob was already being a husband and working on the car. I remember thinking, oh, how romantic. He's at our house and he's working on our car. And she would never be away from that man ever again. (laughs) Like, it's all fun and games, right? Like, it's all romantic in the beginning. Until you have, like, a lego-haired buffoon mauling you night after night until the end of time you know it's like it's all great in the beginning and then you're like oh i got this guy for fucking ever i'm telling you the dress was the last good decision she ever made oh man so now we're gonna head into some of their newlywed life as discussed in previous episodes the duggars are edheads or weedy sweeties weedy sweeties was my favorite Mm mm-hmm They're big, big fans of Dr. Ed Wheat, and they don't just follow his, you know, sex advice, you know, like candles, two pillows, look for the color of wine. Murmuring. Yep. Yep. They also follow his marriage advice as well. And apparently he teaches that you shouldn't have a TV or any pets in the first year of marriage. They'll distract you from each other. Oh, which is funny because besides the fact that I just, like, I don't agree with that anyway. And I don't have to. Like, you know, whatever. Do whatever the fuck you want to do with your first. <laughs> but besides the fact that I just don't, I feel like it stems from a deeper place where they're in this, like, kind of, like, culture. of They're used to people getting married who don't really know each other that well. Mm-hmm. So, to them, that first year is kind of like the, it's like the the star student of the week, like, get to know you board, mm-hmm. where it's like, my favorite color is blue, and I like pizza, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like that's their entire first year of marriage. Like, how Anna says she didn't realize that Pest stays up late and sleeps in late, and then she had to adjust her time to that. Mm. Or I always think back, and I mentioned it, I think, here at least once, but I think back to one of my youth leaders and young women's, like, her being shocked to learn that her husband didn't eat a single vegetable. Mm-hmm. But the way she painted the, it was very much just like, oh. it's so fun getting to learn all these things about him. <laughs> like, that's how she presented it. And yeah. I remember even at, like, 14, I was like, 
bitch, you just don't even like know your husband. Like <laughs> you clearly have not eaten that that many meals together. If you had no idea he, he doesn't, doesn't eat, eat a plant, any yes. plant matter. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. you really have not spent enough time together if you don't realize his eating habits, mm-hmm. even like little. Yeah, because she was just like, I had no idea, but yeah. it's so fun. Well, I also feel like in groups like this, it's very much like the point of you coupling is to have kids. Yeah. And it's like, like the add natural. to God's army. Yeah. And if you have a a pet or you have these things, it's going to keep you from adding to God's army. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, like, I don't know how other people take this and, you know, other people might take it different. To me, it just screams to me like... Um, you're gonna get married and not really know each other, so take that first year to get to know each yeah. other. Like, yeah. um, like by all means, do have fun your first year of marriage. You know, by all means, I do it. But to me, it's this idea of everything else being distractions. It just kind of feels deeper. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like a here's your chance to get to know each other before you're having kids, <laughs> because even if you were to like get knocked up on your wedding night. I, I feel like the idea is kind of like, well, if you follow these rules, you'll at least have nine months of, you <laughs> yeah. know, no distractions because you don't mm-hmm. have TV or pets. So even before the kids, you'll know each other by the time the kid comes. Right. That's how it feels to me. <laughs> On this vein, I remember going back home when we got married. And one of my favorite pictures was our old cat. <laughs> Momo. Because we were always sad that like Momo, we had a lot of things in Momo's honor at our wedding. Oh yeah, we had little hidden Momos and one of the flower girls was holding a little stuffed Stuffed. cat that looked just like Momo. Yeah, We had little things just like hidden in random places Mm -hmm. that were like little gray cats. We had like a little photo thing of her like in the photo booth. and So spoiler alert, we have a type, a gray cat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I one of my favorite pictures was us going after our wedding was over, after the reception, we were going to go back to my parents' house to eat, and that was kind of like the after-party thing, which is very Mexican. Um, but we stopped at home first to change, and I have a picture of Whitney in her wedding dress kissing our old cat. Mama. I'm holding her up, and her like arms are out, and she's just like... <laughs> She was so docile. Like, she just let you pick her oh, up, yeah. and she would just, like, hang, mm-hmm. and her arms were out, and I'm just, like, picking her up and kissing her, and she I'm in my wedding She's such a dress. mom. <laughs> She's all up in that. And, and the picture quality like... is terrible, because it's, like, 2011 on, like, a phone, you know, yeah. or whatever. But, like, we have it printed out, and it's just this picture of me holding up our little baby and I giving her a kiss. I love so much. <laughs> oh, Momo. Love that fucking cat. I was like, I can't go to this after party without stopping and seeing my child. Like, I'm like, I have to see her. So your parents are married. (laughs) Obviously, we know that we have a producer, and she participates a lot. But I feel like you should do a Momo post. Oh, my Momo, she's sweet little gal. Our little love. I was such a fucking, you know, like I had such like mom eyes (laughs) that like it wasn't until I was getting a tattoo of her, and my tattoo artist was like, does she have like a does she have like a little bit of a like a like a derpy eye? And I was like, what do you mean? And then I was like, no, I don't think so. And then I was like, oh shit, she did have yeah. a derpy eye. And, and it wasn't from every direction. It was a mother's love. I had no idea. Yeah, it wasn't from every direction. It like straight on. I feel like you couldn't see anything. But like every once in a while, you look at her and you're like, yeah, it's just 
Just well, and it's actually kind of funny because I like the way he did my tattoo where I feel like it's not derpy when you <laughs> like look at it initially. And after you stare for a while, you're like, he just slightly did it's one perfect. eye. It's so subtle. And so I felt like he was like honoring her and he's like, we just mm-hmm. got a little bit of a derpy eye, yep. but we're not so, going to make it like front and center. Yep. So I feel like at some point you should do a picture of your tattoo and then maybe do like a Momo visual. Oh, Momo. I'm very excited for Momo visuals, but I think Mildred might get jealous. A little bit. We have an ongoing thing between the two of them that, like, there's competition. Yeah. So, um, to try to get Mildred to, you know, I don't know, stop waking me up four times in a night like a fucking newborn. <laughs> she wakes me up, like, I, I, it's like having new, I think she wakes me up, like, every hour and a half to two hours. So, I'll tell her, I'll be like, well, you know, Momo didn't do this. Momo I'm hoping, let me sleep. <laughs> I'm hoping that the competitive nature between the two of them mm-hmm. will, like, spur something. So I'm very excited for our Momo visuals. I love that baby. All right. Bring it home, lady. Okay. So. Um, Any hoozle. <laughs> so back to all of this. They do follow, because, you know, they're edheads and weedy sweeties. They do follow this these suggestions. So they're, for their first year of marriage, um, they don't have any of those things. Mm-hmm. And then when the year is up... They get a rabbit. Funny, right? Oh, Isn't that that's funny? very funny. Like, you know, like rabbits and breeding, you know, just, you know, a little irony. And a TV with cable. Wow. Of course, they very dramatically tell of how they were glued to the TV every waking moment and their communication dropped off. Well, yeah. I mean, ever since, ever since uh, HBO Max you know, combined with all these other channels. Like, I barely even talk to you. Who? who? (laughs) So, I'm not actually doubting the fact that they may have gotten really into watching TV and it may have affected communication to some degree. But I feel like it's glossing over the fact that, like, you made this a forbidden thing. Mm -hmm. It was off limits. Mm -hmm. So now, of course, when it's allowed again, you're, like, going balls deep. (laughs) <laughs> like that's just how it works. Yeah. Like I feel like it's almost like me and the crew laid last week. Not um not that it was off limits per se, but it just wasn't available or accessible mm-hmm. to me. So then when it was, I fucking went fucking ham. Yeah. You know what I mean? I went balls deep in fucking crew laid. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of the same idea. It's like don't act surprised. Like so you're gonna make it all about oh it's like the TV's problem, but it's like mm-hmm. no, you made it like. The forbidden You made fruit. it the thing it is. Yes. Yeah. You gave it the mystique. Yep. So in less than a month after getting the TV, they both mutually agreed that it was detrimental to their marriage and they got rid of the TV. But they kept the rabbit. <laughs> so I wanted to end on one random little fact from their early married years. Apparently they taught first grade children's church and ninth grade Sunday school. But what really caught my attention was that they worked in their church's bus ministry, which I had no such thing. I had no idea that such thing existed. Okay. Um, explain. So they would visit children in the community on Saturdays and invite them to church. And if their parents gave permission, they came back the next morning in the church bus to pick them up and take them to church. Wow. Okay. First of all... um. sounds a little creepy it's very like white van with free candy vibe you know but also just i mean just for a moment can you imagine 
Just like letting your child get on the bus with Lego and just like taking them for hours. <laughs> like that's that's wild to me. Yeah, it's weird. Just like letting your kid go with a stranger that they met the day before. Strangers who were actively out soliciting children. Children. <laughs> it's very picture. fucking weird to me. Yeah, it's odd. You know what went through my head? What? Minor reference. There used to be a Simpsons game where it was kind of like Crazy Taxi, where the different characters would drive a taxi. You'd pick people up and drive them to other places around, like Springfield. And Homer Simpson, they all had lines they would say when you would stop and pick pick up a fare. And one of Homer's was he would pull the car up and he would go, get in. I've got candy. <laughs> uh, get in. We have Sunday school. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but yeah, I just thought, I thought that was weird. I, so I just had to throw that in there. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where I'm going to end it for today. I just wanted to sort of paint the picture of their dating lives, marriage, and just like a little into their like pre J Crew days. <laughs> Like and also like pre miscarriage, which is when they like really went off the deep end into IBLP. So this mm. is just sort of the like when they were your run of the mill evangelical versus yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess these days were like BBG before <laughs> before Bill Gothard, <laughs> or what would it be? Um, uh, BIBLP. BIBLP. Yeah. So these yep. are their BIBLP or BBG yep. days. The, yeah, the Bible days. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that's that's what I got for today. Damn. I know some stuff were uh, talked about before, but I just felt like mm-hmm. this was more you know yeah. in depth and stuff. So my favorite was the part about the mints. Well, I mean, clearly, <laughs> I liked the part about the croissants. <laughs> I was just telling you, didn't I just tell you this past Christmas? My you family almost had almost anything on fucking, a mini croissant. I had one aunt. We had a whole. We had a really cool tradition. I'll talk about it maybe at Christmas time tour the trees in my family Mm -hmm. so you went to each of the families on different sundays and you saw their christmas decorations and saw their trees you had a little food for the family and one aunt who couldn't really cook but every year it was like because it was tradition she had the little croissants with ham Mm -hmm. with like mayo out and whatever and i'm like every goddamn december i was like fuck yes i get the little ham croissants so she still every once in a while whitney will buy a pack of mini croissants and then that's what we'll have for dinner is like spiral. It's usually when we have like spiral, spiral cut, ham. Like leftover spiral cut ham. Yeah. And then it'll be like, I bought mini croissants and it'll be mini croissants with a little bit of toasted with a little bit of mayo. And that's Duke's, it. Duke's mayo and I don't, ham. Because it's a mini croissant. You don't add tomato and lettuce. That's like for like a larger like sandwich. No. <laughs> it is all about the mini croissant, the mayo, and the ham. <laughs> Takes me back. So... Really, this episode, it's about the croissants. Yeah, it very much is. Or as my nephew, who ate one every day when he was little, he called it a bassant. A bassant, yep. <laughs> he loved a bassant. Yep. Box here. The same nephew, so yep. box here and bassant. All right. This is a good one. This is a really good one. Should you I... said you were going to talk about um, how you're dealing oh, with heat. Oh, okay. Just trying to end it on a positive note so you guys just don't think I'm a whiny bitch all the time. Although, I think I have a right to be a whiny bitch when it's 117 outside. Just let me fucking complain. Yeah. But, positive note. The way I cope is, like I said, you know, kind of 
falls in line with how I was saying I feel like I'm counting down each and every day. I very much start planning for the holiday season. So I already have, I got with my sisters, we already have Christmas Day menus planned, mm-hmm. which will be at my other sister's house. Um, I have the for sure's for our Christmas party menu, and then I throw in other stuff as it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. I got that planned. Tim and I have a Christmas party punch list. Yep. What we want to do, we're doing extra stuff this year, specialty mm-hmm. themed cocktails that we're going to have like little written recipes and recipe cards and pictures out for people to make like the blitz in and, the, yeah. you know. The hotel I worked at last year, I learned from my little Arthur how to do really good like construction gingerbread and I made a like three foot tall version of our hotel out of gingerbread. With isomalt windows and lights on the inside that lit up and stuff. So I told Whitney that I obviously don't have a hotel to do that anymore. But I want to make a gingerbread version of our own house. And that'll be there. That'll mm-hmm. be here for our party. Just I know we're just having fun, like planning for our party already. What you think? How the fuck can you plan for a party in July? Well, we're doing it right now. <laughs> I've got a fucking Christmas themed s'mores station, and I don't just mean your regular graham cracker. I'm doing mm-hmm. fudge covered grams with peppermint, uh, uh, marshmallows, and all mm-hmm. sorts of other shit. Gingerbread cookies. We're doing all sorts yeah. of shit. So we're gonna have like an outdoor station with like the s'mores station with the movie outside, and mm-hmm. then I've got all of our games planned because we're doing games i've got mm-hmm. prizes planned and favors and our menu our cocktails like so we're yeah, getting we're all gonna that. make like specialty cocktails where we'll have like kind of like the recipe posted so people can come and even if they're not like great at pouring a cocktail they can make themselves something themed we make an entire room in our house mm-hmm. the beverage mm-hmm. like the bar and desserts so yep. like that's like our little like room off the patio so we have this whole thing so we're planning for a christmas party that helps me cope and then also i've been planning i already sent out the invites i made a little graphic and sent out the invites and whatever i'm hosting on september oh i think i had to move it to september 30th because of my mother but that first weekend before october i'm hosting a little thing for my sisters and my nieces where we're going we're going to make um like haunted little like haunted doll houses. Mm-hmm. So like I've been keeping an eye out and buying them as I see them. Be like, does anybody want this one? Who wants that one? And everybody's supposed to come with them pre-spray painted however they want. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's going to bring different like little details. Spooky decor yeah. stuff. And we're all just going to sit around and like I'm going to make soup and we're going to have focaccia. And we're going to have salad and I'm going to make like fall desserts. And it's probably still going to be 107 degrees outside. But I'm forcing it. And um, we're going to decorate, like, you know, have, like, a little movie or, like, little Halloween music in the background. We're going to eat, and then we're going to decorate little, like, spooky haunted houses. Mm -hmm. And I got our dollhouse. It's fucking amazing. The fucking porch. It makes it sound like it's, like, real real estate. I'm like, it's the porch. The porch (laughs) sold it. But it's like, I got, like, a big porch, and that's what I wanted. So. I'm like, oh, is this crown molding? Pretty much. (laughs) So while we're in the depths of despair of it being 117 degrees outside, I cope with life by getting deep into the feels of the holidays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Halloween, Christmas, whatever the fuck it takes. Yep. Just give it to me. It, uh, it's the only thing that gets me through, quite honestly. So, yep. You know what I, I f- will say, though? Normally in the summer, our thing is to do a puzzle. We haven't done a puzzle yet. 
Mm-mm. We do multiple puzzles. I always did that with my sister and mom because we were like trapped in the house. So our thing was to do puzzles. Yeah. So I started doing it with Tim. We haven't done one yet. And we have a lot of puzzles. Like we started kind of buying them for each other there for a minute. Yeah. So we got to do a puzzle. That'll help us. Yeah. I feel like this time of year, I feel like frosty. I think I know what you're going to say. Say it. I hate red thermometers. <laughs> right? Yep. Is that it? Yep. It's disgusting. And the worst part is, like I said, I can't drive to work and know that I'm going to get out of it. I drive to work and know that it's only going to be 40 degrees worse than it is outside. Because you think he's making it up, but because you've got the ovens and the flat tops and the fryers, it just gets we have a We have a pasta cooker that's kind of like a fryer, but it runs water the whole time. So it's like, not only is it that, it's constantly humid. Steamy, yeah. Yep. So it's humid, you're on a line where it's a latent temperature is about 150 to 160 degrees. It's humid, you go around to the fryer, now it's like greasy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's awful. I gotta say, I don't miss, I don't miss working in food for the summer. Yeah. I hated it because of doing one woman catering and the doing mm-hmm. all of it in the kitchen and then having to pack up a car when it's 113 degrees outside Oof. and then unload it don't miss it not Rough. even one fucking second of it <laughs> well send us cool thoughts and if you're struggling with the summer just like we are shoot us a message we're, we're, we're all just trying to get through day by day yeah we're just trying to get through so as always feel free to buy us a pickle or a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the dug you can get that hot, hot tip from my dad about how to improve the spiciness of your cuisine. Um, send us a message at diggingupthedougars at gmail.com. Enjoy our episode visuals and hopefully soon our Momo-related posts baby. on Instagram at diggingupthedougarspod. And of course, we do have a P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 5973, Glendale, Arizona, 85312. Please stay hydrated. This is the worst summer I can imagine. And I hope you guys are doing okay out there. Stay cool.